Blog Talk Radio. Well, Dad, we're on uh, Friday afternoon at 3 p.m., and here we are, and I know you've got a wonderful show that after this it will be a podcast. So what are we talking about God today? Well, I'm going to talk about God in a in a very special way, meaning that, you know, I love the Lord with, I love God with all my heart. I get up, I got up this morning, the sun wasn't shining, it was almost raining, but it was cool and something on a sweatshirt, and I walked outside and I sat out of my chair, and I listened to God for, uh, listened to God for about an hour. What do you mean I listened to God? Well, God and I are buddies. I'm not, I don't have a special I nothing special about it. God can be your buddy. I think he's Terry's buddy because uh, God's, uh, I mean, Terry says, T says, he talks to God. Well, I talk to God, and God answers me back. I talk to the Holy Spirit, and he answers me back. And I talk to Jesus. He's my special Savior. God is unreal. Do you understand what God, do you understand what God really is? Control the whole universe. I was talking to a, a man today. I said, do you know what God does? God is in control of everything. His next question was, well, who made God? I don't know. When they get to heaven, I'll ask him after they get to praise him. Because I think that when we get to heaven, we're going to be so involved, amazed, astonished. We can be all these things because we're going to see heaven as it really is. Apostle Paul cannot explain heaven in his language, in Aramaic. He tried. He said, but there's no words here that I that will describe heaven. John, on the island of Patmos, he cannot describe heaven. What, I, we think, what in the world can we can't describe heaven? No, because those words, we don't have words that will answer, that they'll fit the description. Isn't it going to be a wonderful when we get to heaven and we see the streets of gold? Well, there will be the gold. No, they'll be like gold. Maybe they'll be gold. I don't know. But sunshine, we don't need the sun because he's the sun is not Christ. I'm not talking about Christ now. I'm talking about God is like a sun. God will give light during tribulation. God will give light during a thousand years. God gives light. God created light. God created the sun, the helium monster that governs our life. He created it. And he is the sun. The sun, the spirit, and God. They're all in one, tied together, triplets. I think T calls it, what do you call it, T? The Holy Family? The Holy Church, Holy Family. I like that. Uh, you know, that's, for me, I like that, the Holy Family. I do. And you can call them the Holy Triplets, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. So it all works. I love God. God. I know you do it, too. God gave us Christ. His only begotten, our only Son. He did that to defeat the devil, to defeat death, to forgive sins. And all we have to do is Remember that, know that, and ask forgiveness for our sin. You know, we all have sin. I was with a man the other day, and he said, well, I'm I'm good, and God won't send me to hell because 
God can't send somebody that gives away, gives people to this and this, this and that, and I don't lie. To, I said, have you ever lied? Have you ever thought uh, lustfully about somebody? You see a beautiful woman across the street, and for an instant your eyes light up and you say, wow, that would be great. You know, I'm a man, so I can use the word beautiful woman, but you can see a handsome man. I don't know about that, but lust comes into us. We are a sinner, but we're saved by grace. You know, what does the Lord require of you? In the Old Testament, people bring doves and pigeons and calves and people, things that they sacrificed and the aroma made God happy. Why did God choose sacrifices? I don't know. But he he let he, he sent his son and he was a great sacrifice. He sacrificed his own self. You know what uh, uh the shack, I said the shack of the day again. I watched it and read the book and all that. And God, and you know, God was played by a black lady that was overweight, and she was happy and friendly. And it was a wonderful movie. Anyway, he said, the guy said, "You sacrificed your son. That's a cruelty." He said, "I was there with him." No, he said, "My God, my God, why have you forsaken me?" He was to him, to myself. He was talking, and she displayed her hands before the guy, and there was a. Nail prints to her risk. You know, God is like that. God gave His life to defeat the devil who He created, to give us life, to give us everything that we needed in life. What, what did God require of us? Sacrifices? No. Christ is a sacrifice. I tell you what He requires. It's found in Micah 6, I think it's. Chapter six, chapter 6, but I'm, I'm sure it's chapter 6. But Micah, who is Micah? Micah was a prophet. God tells you exactly what he requires. To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before God. That's what God requires. Ask forgiveness for your sins. You believe in Christ, you're saved. What, do you, what does it require after that? Sacrifices? No. He requires you to walk justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with him. What does it mean to act justly? Do you rescue people are you that are oppressed? Do you walk with them and talk with them and you act just? Because you're a Christian. You're a person that believes in justification. Justly. That's what God requires of you, to walk justly. Be just. Are you just? Do you walk through this life and you see things happening to people and you say, wow, I'll help them. That's just. Many times I've had to step forward and help people that I know. I'm not talking about money. Yeah, you have to with money, but you to defend them. To know that they are right and you defend them. Or do you just go around and talk about them? It's easy to talk bad about people. Do you know that? You can say bad things about a person. And everybody say, yeah, yeah, I know that, I know that. But it's, it's wonderful when you say it lovingly. I love you. 
a friend of mine, and he's a dear friend. And I can tell you what all this happened to us over the years. I've known him for 25 years. And a lot of things happened. But he walked out the door. I was in, I was in a few minutes ago. He looked around at me and he said, uh, Gene, I love you. Do you tell people you love them? I'm not talking about anything other than pure love. Not sexual love, not anything like that. Not I could care less about that. Love. What does it mean to love somebody? To act justly. That's it. Not act justly. And he looked at me and he, looked, and he walked out the door and he said, Gene, I love you. You're a real blessing to me. But did it make me feel good? Sure it did. And that's what you do with people. And to love mercy. What is mercy? Everybody has an interpretation of mercy. But you know, it's real. I was in a bad car wreck. I was drunk. I hate to say that, but I was drunk. And I had a sports car, and then the sports car would do about 140, 150 miles an hour. I was traveling down the road, and I said, I'm going to go down the field and run this curve, and I'm going to make this curve wide open because I don't think I can do it, but I'm going to try it. Had I not been drunk, I would not have tried it. I went around the curve, and I made the curve. But in making the curve, it cracked the front, left front tire, and the spindle fell off. Hence, the tire went away, and hence, I went away. I was doing about, a, they estimated somewhere between 130 and 140 miles an hour. Down the mountainside I went, tumbling end over end, not round and over, but end over end. I should have died. A gas tank ruptured, spilled gasoline all over me. Crushed me, went underneath the seats, underneath the dash, and that's what saved me. How I got underneath that dash, I have no idea. Well, I do know how I did it because God saved me. You ever been in a sports car, you know, it, it, the dash and the seats and the, everything in here is customized downward, not upward. You don't have a lot of room in a sports car. And somehow, I swept underneath the dash, dash close around me, and rolled down the hill, me end over end. Gasoline all over me. Of course, and you always did. But I finally quit rolling. And I said, Golly, I, where, how can I get out of this car? And I said, oh, man, look at the smell. I can smell the gasoline. I looked up down in my suit. I was wearing And I was just covered, saturated in gasoline. And about this time, uh, two neighbors came came by and clambered down the mountain. And the guy said to the neighbors, one of the guys, two guys, and one of the neighbors said, put that cigarette out, buddy. He said, just get this thing going to catch on fire. And here I am, trapped in this car, soaked in gasoline, and guys smoking a cigarette. And I said to my to them, I said, I'm in here. Please put that cigarette out. And guys said, he's alive. He's alive. How can you be alive? Well, four to five minutes later, they finally cut me out of the car, and they took me to the hospital. And from there, I went and et cetera, et cetera. And then, and then four months later, because I put it off to then. I was before the judge. They read all the things that happened. And the judge said, you know, son, you're lucky to be alive. I said, very lucky. I said, but, you know, I think God was with me. 
Well, I don't know how you can claim God after what I, what they said all day about you. You're drunk. You're sober. And it's amazing. And he said, uh, they've got you charged with sober charges against me. And I just said, what am I going to do with you? And I looked him straight in the face with all the sympathy I could muster up in my face. And I said, Your Honor, I don't deserve justice. I need mercy. And I stopped. He didn't say anything. The courtroom is quiet as a mouse. I said, I need mercy. And the judge said, I'm not sure I should give you this mercy. What is mercy to you, Mr. Abbott? And I said, let me go free. They reduced all the charges except one, charged me that charge, and turned me loose. That's mercy. I'm not saying that I deserve mercy, but I ask for mercy. Do you know what mercy is to, to God? God says, to walk humble at me, to walk, to act justly, and to love mercy. God is merciful. He forgives our sins. We go and do things that we should not do. With mercy, he forgives us. When you go out and you tell a lie, I don't believe in lying, but every once in a while I do a white lie. So I'm trying to keep down evil. I can get that from my father, earthly father. And God says, if you forgive me, if you are want mercy for me, ask forgiveness for your sin. Not, not as a Christian. Because once you're a Christian, God's going to keep you in his hand. But to, to, uh, to love mercy is First John 1, 9. Everything's in this scripture. I love this quote, quote, quote scripture because no one can tell me I'm wrong because the Bible is right. To love mercy. First John 1, 9 says, if you will confess your sins... And know that you're trying to turn around. God is required to forgive you for the lie you told, the sin you have, and restore you fellowship with God. That's how merciful God is. God requires you to confess. And once you confess, he restores you as a son. He puts his arm around you and he says, walk with me and talk with me. I love you, son. I love you, Gene. I love you, person. It doesn't matter who you are. If you will ask God to forgive you for your sin and to restore you to righteousness, First John 1, 9 says he is required to do that because you honestly believe that you will try to do better. That's how merciful God is. God is merciful to you, to me, and to everyone that asks him. If you ask God to, to save you, now I'm not talking about First John 1, 9, I'm talking about salvation. You're here, you have sin in your life, you live in yourself, and you realize that Christ is your righteous judgment. And you look at Christ and you said, I knew you died me, sir. And I ask you to forgive me for my sins and restore me and put me in your playbook. You know, God has a book with your name in it. God has a book of salvation. He puts it in with ink that cannot be taken out. God puts you in that name. He put Gene Abbott there. And I am there to eternity. 
There's another book. For those people that have too much pride, too much of this and that and everything else, God, God has your name in that book. Is your name in the book of life or eternity or the book of death? The book of death. The book of death will be opened at at one of the uh, at the last judgment. God will say your name is in this book, and you're destined for hell. I don't like to use the word hell, but God did. Christ used it. And your book, your life is destined for hell. Don't be in that book. You don't have to be. All you have to do is who Christ is. Show Christ in your life. And God will save you. He'll put you on the life eternal with God himself. With streets of gold, house of pearls, the most beautiful, wonderful thing in the world. I I saw with a man the other day, and he said, you know, I can't wait to get to heaven. Well, I said, that's the way to get to heaven. He said, no, I'm not doing that, Jamie. I said, he said, I like to get to heaven. Because they get to heaven, I'll be able to wash his feet. Well, I don't know whether God has feet or not. God is a spirit. But what do you say was so much humility. He said, he saved me from sin. He saved me from my people that I was with, the way I was running around with. He saved me and gave me eternal life. And he reigned with him to live eternally in heaven. Are you there? Do you know what it is to go to heaven? Do you know what it is to promise heaven? Well, God has determined that they did that for us. Jesus says, I'm going away. I'm being a mansion for you. I know what kind of mansion that be. But I know that one day when I die, maybe today, maybe tomorrow, maybe 25 years from now, when I die, I'll go to heaven to be with God, the angels, and we rejoice and we sing and we praise the Lord for eternity. Can you imagine living eternity with no worries, no tears? We'll work. I don't know what kind of work God will have us do, but we'll work. We'll be there for eternity. So God requires three things from you in Micah 6. He said, judge justly to love mercy. And the last thing is important, to walk humbly with the God. I had people sit in front of me before and they said, there is no God. To hell with God. I know there's no God. God would not allow this to come upon this person if there was a God. God would not allow sickness if there was a God. God would not allow death when there's a God. There is no God. It's just life. How can you think that? How can you say that with all the scientists and the human beings, the mind itself, there is no God? How could that be created out of animals, out of hearsay, out of atoms? You put all these atoms together, shake them up, and out springs a brain. That's like putting a watch, uh, breaking a watch into a thousand pieces, putting it in a bag, shaking it up, putting it, throw it on the TED table, and an amazing Omega watch comes to focus. That's not, that's impossible. Well, the same thing has happened with evolution in Christ. When God saved me, he showed me that I was a person. I was his child. 
He's God your child. He's God your father. God says, I want you to walk humbly. I don't look up and say, there is no God. Walk humbly before God. Walk humbly before the person that created you. You know, when when Mary was conceived, she said, I have found favor in God. Mary was a virgin. And the Holy Spirit came upon Mary. Here is a teenage girl, probably 13 years old. And I, the Holy Spirit inseminated her. And out nine months under came Jesus. That's what Jesus did. He came in a bodily form, human. He wanted to be everything the devil could be tempted. And the devil did tempt him. Tried to take his life, tried to beat him up, tried to do a lot of things. But God says, my son will never sin because it is me. My son and I are one. And you, devil, cannot tempt me, cannot tempt anything. The devil took him up on the high temple and he says, throw yourself off. He said, don't tempt God like that. Well, God is wonderful, but walk humbly before God. Now, what I say? Act justly, to be just around everybody, to help people, to do what is right, to love, to love mercy, be merciful. You see, my daughter was telling me, there's a man on the street there in a the corner or something uh, there in Miami, and he has a dog. He loves the dog. Feeds the dog. He gives the dog shots. And he doesn't have any money at all. He just lives day to day. We look at him and we walk the road buying a car and we look at him and we say, well, they want the guy to get a job instead of a dog. But the guy is humble. He knows what is right. He knows he can't do this. He can't do that. But he acts justly. He acts merciful. He acts humbly. That's what we have before God. We walk humbly before God. God wants a humble person. Now, do I mean weak? No, I don't mean weak. I don't consider myself weak. Well, I'm getting a little old now, so I'm more weak than I ever was. But God wants people with strength. He wants our mind that's sharp and, and do everything that's possible. Well, all that in ourselves, we have to walk humbly before God. What we are is just minuscule of what God is. Can you imagine? If you had God's brain, what could you do? Well, hey, God has his own brain, and he does what he wants to do. I'd recommend anybody to read the Bible daily. Every day you should read the Bible and ask God for guidance. But if you haven't watched a shack, watch a shack. But midway through it, you'll find out some things that God does. God doesn't judge you. God doesn't do anything but love you. He loved you so much. He said, all right, devil, I'm going to send myself down to you. You can hit me all you want to. I'll send myself in bodily human form, weak. Do everything you can, but you can't tip me, God. I mean, you can't tip me, devil. He you know what it is, about 12 years old. Right after he was born and came back and was living in Galilee. He was 12 years old and he went up to the temple in Bethlehem as a, as a custom of Jews. He argued with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. 
about life itself. He stood in that room and he'd argue with them and talk to them and point the things out and they were amazed. He said, how can a person 12 years old or thereabouts know so much? It was God himself. It was easy for him. God is merciful. He's justifiable. He's humble. And God loves you. He loves you with all his heart. And today, if you don't know God, if you don't know Christ, if you don't know the cross, remember, that all you have to do is confess Christ and ask forgiveness of your sins, and you become his workman. He wants you to work for him. He wants you to deliver a soul-winning message. When you don't have a message, then you can tell about yourself. Well, I once was this, but now I'm not. I once was a sinner, but now I'm a Christian. I was sitting in a bar in Honolulu, I mean, the Waikiki Beach. I was reading scotch. My buddies behind me, my aircraft, my crew members behind me were having girls and drinking. And they were to walk up to the bar, and I was sitting there with tears in my eyes. And they said, Mr. Abbott, come over here. I said, I'll be there in a second. And looked at my wallet, and there was this verse that says, A train of a child, and he'll remember when he's old. He'll never depart from his ways. God, my earthly father, brought me to church, and I accepted Christ. And I became his son. Did I sin? Oh, ever. I, I was the worst sinner in the world. And even after I was saved, I kept myself going back in this situation. But God humbly brought me back. And I, in humility, looked at him and said, Oh, Father, I'm sorry. And I meant that. So whatever you do, act justly, love mercy, and walk humble. See, that's all I got today. Go far. Well, that's great, else. Dad. Thank you. Yeah, no, I enjoyed that. Um, that's that's a that's I like what you said. So, anyway, um, and uh, I love people, and we can all accept Jesus, and uh, if we choose. Even, so, so anyway, uh, sorry, say that again. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you didn't interrupt me. I interrupted you. I said I agree with you. Amen. How's that? <laughs> I know that. Uh, um, I know that. Go ahead. No, please, you go, please. I want you to no, I said, you, you're in a position where you help people. Very few people know that. But you help people left and right. And you have a, a group of people down in Miami now that you're helping. And I, I really appreciate the fact that, you know, I raise a daughter that helps people and loves God. Very very few people who say that. But I'm fortunate to have my daughter who lives in Miami, Florida to help people, to look after them, to give them instruction, and above all, to love God. Go ahead. No, that's that's what uh, I, I like doing. And I know I learned that from you, and you, you're amazing with that yourself. And um, and that's what my, my whole purpose is here, right? And uh, I'm, me- I'm meeting uh, some amazing people. Um, the homeless guy with the, n- the new dog, I-, I love him. He's he's just a sweetheart. And I, I miss him because I couldn't find him. 
and uh, you know, I I, I was, I'm able to see such love in his heart for that little guy, that little dog, and uh, I was like, we need so many things to make us happy. He just got that little dog and a little little carrier for it, and uh, he and the dog are tired. They just lean against the wall and go to sleep. And, yeah, he's, he's a sweet, sweet soul. Anyway, um, well, I think we're just about out of time, and uh, I've enjoyed this conversation with you, and I get to spend next week with my dad, and um, so that's going to be cool, and we're going to have, I guess we'll do our show next uh, next week, right, Dad, on Christmas Eve is right, on no. next Friday. Sure. Yes, I'm not mistaken. Was it Friday or Saturday? I don't even know, but um, anyway, Friday. Uh, Friday, okay. So we'll see you next Friday, everybody, and uh, you guys have a wonderful rest of your week, and, and we'll talk to you next uh, next Friday. Bye, everybody. Let me say, have a God day. Let me say, let me say thank yeah, you for hanging up. Go ahead. If go you ahead. need to Please. contact me, contact me with, on my email, colonelabbott366 at gmail.com. Contact me on my email. Give me your phone number, and I'll call you back. I don't give my phone number out here, but there's, but anytime you just need to talk to me, you can do me on my email, Colonel, C-O-L-O-N-E-L, Abbott, A-B-B-O-T-T, 366 at com, and I guarantee that I'll call you back, respond back to you. I love you very much, and God save you. And as a friend of mine taught me this week, don't have a good day. Have a God day. Not good. Just take a one out. It's a God day. <laughs> so good. One uh, zero or or you know. Anyway, um, O out and, and it's a God day. So have a God day. Bye everybody. See you. Bye bye.